0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I am Illegal86 and I am joined as ever by my good Nerd NerdBomber and Tactic. How is it going over in the far off land of cyberspace today, you two?
1: Uh, Amazing.
2: There's a lot of ones and zeros over here in cyberspace, and a lot of like green numbers just flowing past my face, but I'm doing pretty well otherwise.
1: That's the Matrix. You're in the Matrix.
0: (laughs) So, you guys are okay. You guys are in the Matrix. That's good. Right where I want you. Keanu? What if you found out that I put you in the Matrix?
2: Honestly, would I know the difference?
1: That's a good movie concept, first of all. I would take the red
2: pill. I don't which remember. One's the one where, you, yeah, where what were the pills? I don't remember. I, I gonna, think
0: the red one's the one where you find out, right? Where you find like you you actually remember that you're a part of the Matrix instead of. I think the blue one makes you forget.
1: I, I would take know, the blissful why. ignorance route. I think that's the blue pill. I would take the blue pill.
0: Because red pill is a term. It's like an internet thing nowadays, where if you get red pilled, that means you've been like awoken to like the truth, which incidentally is often not the truth. But we don't have to get into that. What if I was I had put you inserted you into this matrix or like this experiment and my way of like checking in on you guys my test subjects was to like podcast with you once a week and like subtly pick up behavioral cues and like just how you were how you were doing like emotionally and physically that would be cool for me it would be cool for you guys it would be less cool but still maybe cool I don't know if you're into that sort of thing that's not what's happening I want to be clear that's not what's happening You guys are not in an experiment. You're not in a simulation.
2: You know, that sounds a lot like what an experimenter would say.
0: The rest of the listeners might be. I can't say. That's that's always a fun thought exercise, you know, just kind of sitting back and thinking, am I I in a simulation? Because I think there's a lot of like scientists and like psychologists and like theorists who are like more who think that more likely than not, we are all part of a simulation.
2: I mean, honestly, you really wouldn't know. And especially right. like you think about how technology is really starting to advance and stuff. And I mean, we have all the science fiction novels and movies and all that kind of stuff. And like Ready Player One, I think, explored it a little bit. But I mean, once everything becomes a little bit more higher fidelity, I mean, you really wouldn't know.
1: Right. There would always be a glitch.
2: If you played on a VR headset inside a simulation, that's like VRception,
1: Simception.
0: Right i will i will what i want is to go another layer down i want a vr game where you play vr in the vr game so that eventually you're just completely lost like Inception. yeah like exactly like inception where he wakes up he doesn't know if he's actually in the dream or not i don't know it's it's fascinating to think about whether or not we're all in a simulation i don't again i don't know what the arguments are for it but you know every day on ask reddit someone's like the question is always like this leading question of like suddenly you fall down and die and then someone takes a headset off of you and says how was your how was your trip mr smith and i don't i don't read the answers i just read the question i'm like man someone's really hitting the sauce on ask reddit today but we may or may not be in a simulation but whether or not we are there are still things to discuss as there always are, we're going to talk about Dragon Ball Z. There's been a big announcement on the DBZ front, and some of you who have listened for a while may know that our good friend Tactic is a DB. What do you call it? A DBZ fan, a dbz DBZer. Just number one uh, fan. Number just okay. Just he's just the number one fan. We're going to check in with him about that. There was, of course, uh, actually a couple of videos dropped for Stranger Things four. We're only going to talk about one, I think, although there were technically two. And then we're going to talk a little bit about of course venom 2 which is let there be carnage that's the yeah that's the subtitle we're gonna talk about that i want to start with stranger things season 4 actually because we had already gotten a teaser of sorts actually many months before this this was back in 2020 i don't even remember when we we of course saw and learned it's not a spoiler that hopper is still alive he is somewhere in russia i think kamchatka is where where he is according to like the post credit scene or whatever And it just kind of shows him like digging a trench or something. I don't remember what it is. He's like working on a railroad or something. He's like in a prison camp.
1: All the live long
0: day. All the live long day, swinging a hammer. You know the songs. But in this latest video, we get a little something different. We get kind of taken back into, well, we don't know if it's Hawkins' lab yet, or we might not ever know that. It's gotta be. They haven't really. Yeah, right. Uh, where else would it be? Is
1: kind of unless the they're alluding to the fact that time travel is going to be a thing in this season. I don't, I don't see it any other way.
0: So we're, we're we're in this. I think I saw in somewhere in some article or YouTube comment or something. It's called the, it was called being called the Rainbow Room, uh, because there's a rainbow painted on the floor, and there's a bunch of children who look somewhat like eleven, looks like like telepathing cars around by themselves, uh, like having little car races. There's a plinko that seems to drop plinkos, if that's what you call the little things, into very specific sets of numbers. And then, of course, you have the doctor from season one, whose name I cannot remember, the guy who trained Eleven, basically. Matthew Modine is who plays him. I don't know (laughs) what the guy's name is. Dr. Brenner, that's what his name is. He's back. So that kind of does allude to this idea that we're seeing something from the past or there's some time travel element. But we could get this slow pan over to 11th door to her room, where presumably she is, or maybe she's not. And just kind of, there's, there's no release date. There's no anything. It's just kind of this reminder that this world, this story, still exists. This kind of dingy laboratory psychological experiment thing, and we're left to try to piece together what it means. So, why don't we do that? Time travel is already mentioned. You know. I should have looked up where the Plinko numbers fall because I saw a lot of theorizing about that. Maybe something as trivial as a release date for this for the next season of the series, or it could be something more. The cars in the rainbow were moving through specific stripes in the rainbow. It's it. It seems like one of those yeah, things. Yeah, that's just the right, racetrack. Where, well, okay, is it? There's there's a lot that you can take or or choose not to take away from you know a simple two minutes of footage where. There's really not that much dialogue or anything going on. So, I guess my question to both of you is what do you take away from it? And Tactic, you've you've been you've been eager, you mentioned time travel. Anything else you want to you want to theorize?
1: I think I'm going to actually expand on that. So, I think time travel could be supported by both this trailer as well as the Hopper preview because it could be alluding to somewhere along the lines of the Cold War and things like that and it would kind of be more interesting if he got teleported instead of where when i think that's something that hasn't been explored yet and there's tons of opportunity there to give us something new while still being on the strange side of things
0: i see what you did there that's a, that's a very interesting thought you know well the cold war was still going on in the 80s was it not i, I think you're right but i'm wondering how far back they would take him maybe just a year you know maybe just to right before he meets Eleven in season 1 he meets her before that and i don't know tries to help her or something the fact that hopper is back is of course not going to be lost on the audience nor on the creators they're going to have to figure out something entertaining and creative to do with him and sending him back in time is one way of doing that i i want to push back a little bit on that theory though what stranger things always does what they've done for the first 3 seasons and what's brought them so much success is they form these kind of like i'm going to call them teams there's always teams of people working together right there's never one renegade off doing his own thing even when hopper is busting jaws and he'll what, have what a friendly a,
1: russian sidekick
0: It'll be what did fine. ben say uh breaking necks and cashing checks even when he's off doing that he usually has winona rider with him or you know there's somebody else uh he's with the kids you know it's gonna be him and winter involved. soldier But I don't know if they're going to just put him with some new random character. It seems like there's often these team-ups. You know, Steve, they put Steve with with a new character in season three, but he was also, I believe he was with, was he with Dustin? Yeah. I think he he was with Dustin. So they, they pair up these people that have good chemistry. And when you take Hopper out of that and put him by himself and, I don't know, force him to have chemistry with a Russian guy and nobody else, I don't know if I see that. Other that's the only hole I can poke in it. Otherwise, I think it's a brilliant idea. You you have to think a little bit ahead and a little bit behind too. In the sense that, at the end of season three, th- these characters were a little bit scattered to the winds, right? Uh, or at least they were kind of split in half. Uh, certain people stayed in Hawkins, certain people moved away. It wouldn't surprise me to learn that season four is going to be some kind of detour to sort certain things out. And then season five is going to bring them all back together again, because season five, I believe the show is intending for a five se- five season run. It wouldn't surprise me to learn that season four is going to be in large part setting the table for that.
2: So I have kind of a twofold theory of what we could have been seeing in this trailer. One it feels a little obvious that maybe it's just flashbacks. Maybe we're going back. And I know people didn't really like this. What was it? Season two when we kind of saw more of Eleven's past and what happened. And then she had like that weird offshoot where she met up with, was it eight?
0: She went to Chicago. Yeah,
2: when she went to Chicago and she met up with one of the other girls from the lab. And I feel like maybe they'll delve more into her backstory. I, I feel like we've seen enough of her background, though, where we don't necessarily need to see necessarily more. And I know I said necessarily a couple times, but like... I'm not saying I'm against seeing more flashbacks of what was going on in that lab, but I feel like we just don't need it. So another theory that I have is that Dr. Brenner, I mean, he disappeared, right? And I feel like he's going to pop up in Russia and he got hired by the Russians to start his own new lab in Russia. And he will have a new 11 because he has a vendetta against old 11, especially so he'll be trying to raise a new 11 kind of put her him through the same thing and then hopper will somehow break in and save this new 11 and then we'll have a, a new russian little child
1: i wouldn't be surprised if if he had access to her dna and that's that might even be a clone with that theory
0: so do you think that the 11s just the numbers of these children does it pertain to how they are raised and how they're conditioned because Otherwise, if you put Dr. Brenner in Russia and you give him whatever, a certain number of children to experiment on, any one of them could become 11. There's a one in however many chance. I mean, but I think maybe it, they do certain things to 11 That's there's they're actually code numbers in a sense.
2: I would think it's no different than any kind of like scientific endeavor. If you have multiple samples and I know it's terrible to think of children as samples, but obviously like that was kind of what he did. And so and to keep right. that distance, you would just name all of your samples and then maybe he would just subconsciously have a vendetta against the child named Eleven because she was ultimately the one who kind of took him down in the first place or basically started his circle of demise in well, his original lab.
1: That's sort of why I wanted to expand on your your theory with the possibility of a clone. Because to him, they, they were sort of his children and he maybe wanted an, an identical replica to fill that void that her leaving left.
0: The clone idea is interesting, certainly. I, I think in general, the idea of a new Eleven it's one that I had not considered for whatever reason.
2: Um, Evil 11. Well, I was just I, thinking, like, in, in the ending of season three and in kind of in the Hopper trailer, like we see basically Russia is going down the path that the United States and, and Hawkins, you basically see they're basically trying to replicate what was going on in Hawkins. So I can easily see them being like, hey, let's take the lead scientist who was is semi-successful there. And he's in trouble in the United States. Let's take him over to russia where he can't be extradited and put him to work
0: right creating an anti-eleven is interesting because what do you do with her character arc you know at the end of season three the eleven that we know is largely impotent is the word that comes to mind it's not the best word but i'm gonna go with it she's impotent she's losing her abilities if you give a new eleven who is apparently russian you know these abilities or a clone or a clone, or a Russian who, clone. Who, who stops her? Or what? What does her arc look like? Someone eventually stops her. Does her arc look like she eventually, you know, Hopper turns her for good and she joins the team well, of fighters? And then her and Eleven kind of commits about her, her
1: impotence isn't because of her being a good person. It it seems I'm more like it her is. powers just over time just petered out.
0: Right. So is there going to be this kind of back and forth between her and the new 11 of like, this isn't going to last forever. Here's what you should do. Here's what I wish I had done. You know, things like that could be very interesting, especially for, again, the last season. So, yeah, there's a lot to break down here. We can't obviously break down all of it, but we do want to know what your theories are you being being the listeners whether or not you're in a simulation we care about what you're what you're thinking about this so if you're a stranger things fan either diehard or casual or if you just watch the trailer and want to theorize we all have twitters that's the point i'm trying to make at ow elite six at ow nerd at ow tactic at online warriors one there we go those are the actual twitter handles tweeted us about stranger things and about this trailer what do you think what are your theories do you like any of ours do you have some of your own and also what's the deal with those numbers because we didn't really talk too much about those numbers i don't know what we would say about them uh again i don't remember what the numbers were off the top of my head but there were i think four numbers that were kind of highlighted by this plinko board people thought this may be a release date maybe something else who's to say let us know there what your thoughts are and get excited for stranger things season four as far as i know release date is still tbd but I have a feeling that may be a summertime thing for us.
2: Well oh, yeah. They always release in the middle of summer, right? Usually around like 4th of July or something like that, or maybe Memorial Day. I feel like they yeah. always release it.
0: The last se- season three, I believe, was 4th of July or right around there, 2019. So it depends on where they are with filming, whether COVID yeah, slowed down. it's been two
2: years already. Um,
0: yeah, it's been a minute. So I would think they're going to be itching to get it out. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Also, in the realm of television, or I guess movies, Dragon Ball Z. Now, I have never been a Dragon Ball, a Dragon Ballite myself. Dragon Baller. I've never been a Dragon Baller. Thank you. That's much better than what I said. <laughs> um, but in the past week, Goku Day has come and gone. Uh, I do not know when Goku Day is. Tactic, maybe you do. It was last week sometime. That's what I know. And as a result of Goku Day, or rather in honor of Goku Day, I'm going to try and get this name right. Akira Toriyama revealed that a new Dragon Ball Super film will be released in 2022. So I'm going to read out this statement. It was very short that he wrote, and then we're going to swing it over to to Tactic to chat more about it. This is from Akira Toriyama. An all new movie since Dragon Ball Super Broly is currently in the making just like the previous movie i'm heavily leading the story and dialogue production for another amazing film i really shouldn't talk too much about the plot yet but be prepared for some extreme and entertaining bouts which may feature an unexpected character we'll be charting through some unexplored territory in terms of the visual aesthetics to give the audience an amazing ride so i hope everyone will look forward to the new movie i did not see the old movie <laughs> um tactic i assume you did see dragon ball super Broly.
1: It was fantastic. It made up for the previous Broly movies. So there's been... There was a Broly movie way back when. There was a sequel to that Broly movie. Was was that
2: the one that was basically like Shameless Edition? Where it had Justin Chatwin and... Any Rossum? Yes. There was... I just know there was a Dragon Ball movie that had both of them.
1: No. You're thinking of the live action and we don't talk about that. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about the animated movies. So way back when there were two brawly movies the second one i'm just not even going to talk about it it was gt and those of you guys who remember slime brawly was not was not good but the first one was okay and it just it didn't really resonate that well with audiences in general but this new movie was fantastic and and it and it did absolutely phenomenal in the box office and now they're making a new one but it's not going to be brawly and i have theories folks so when we went through the tournament of power in Dragon Ball Super, there were two fighters that was something new. First, upper level Super Saiyans that were female, Caulifla and Kale.
0: Cauliflower and, ka- and
1: Kale. Like oh yeah, fun. all of first off, all of, most of the Dragon Ball Z characters are sort of made from vegetables. So
0: well, there's there isn't there literally a character named Vegeta. Vegeta.
1: Vegeta, Goku, yeah. goku's name is kakarot where do you think that comes from carrot that's Just very
0: interesting i never noticed that until now
1: okay you said so names. i think this new movie is really going to be centered around them because first female super saiyan character kale specifically has really made a lot of parallels and comparisons to brawly and so to kind of come off the hype coattails so to speak of their success it would only make sense for them to focus on those characters and their backstory and expand upon them in this world i'm just i'm sorry i'm still just blown away by the vegetable thing <laughs> there were, and also
0: I, I know you said we're, we don't talk about it why don't we talk about the live action dragon ball
1: because it, it's just like we don't talk about the live action avatar we don't talk about these things
2: See, I feel like that is a big kind of miss because I feel like the Dragon Ball franchise is big enough where it could warrant a giant, big budget live action movie that doesn't suck. No offense to Justin Chatwin and Emmy Rossum. Sorry, but I I, like I even watched that. I'm not a Dragon Ball person. And I remember watching that and I was like, this is terrible. I feel like you could give us something almost like Mortal Kombat, you know, just this big Action fighting movie. And I know the jury is still kind of split on whether Mortal Kombat was awesome or not. I thought it was fun. And if you could do something that catered to Dragon Ball fans enough, but made like a live action, super awesome movie. We have great CGI these days. Why not?
1: There's there's something to be said about the art style of Dragon Ball Z. Animation style.
2: I mean, that's fair.
1: That's part of why I watch it. I don't really want to ever see a live action anyone. but Ever.
2: So to kind of poke a little hole in that, the Pokemon television series and movies, I mean, the art style kind of went downhill for my personal taste, but the original anime and the original animated movies I thought were top-notch. And I was like, I don't think this would do well in live action. And then Detective Pikachu came along and, and completely changed my mind.
1: But it was still very cartoony, right? The characters. And and it wasn't really true to the Pokemon. It was sort of this spin-off thing. So I, I I don't really want to say that that's a Pokemon and, and we we don't really need to get into this tangent because you guys are just upsetting me. Live okay. action so, Dragon Ball Z is not a thing.
0: Well, to stick a pin in it. I have to agree with Nerd Bomber in the sense that Dragon Ball Super is so it's Brawly. I, I I blew it last time. Uh, Dragon Ball Super Brawly biggest ever U.S. box office opening for Funimation in 2019, 120 million in the worldwide box office, which for an animated movie you've made your money back and then some have you not it seems like such a powerhouse franchise and like i am not a dragon ball fan but it's been around ever since before i was born i think and it just seems like it's it has staying power
1: so and that uh, that's why i'm kind of that exact statement is where i'm supporting my basis of what characters we're going to see a background on you you can't have this big record-breaking movie and not sort of spin off some of the characters from that. And I'm not saying Broly is going to be in it, but I'm saying characters that have been closely related to him will.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, 2020, 2022 is right around the corner. Uh this is very exciting for all DBZ fans. My, you know, every time I think of DBZ, what what do I think of? It's over 9,000. Right? What's his power level? It's over 9,000. Who says um, that? is it Fujita yeah am am i wrong did i get it right
1: yeah you got it but i I I thought you said did you say Fujita or
0: Fujita is that is that wrong
1: yeah
2: so i i I don't want to like totally derail the conversation but somehow i and i don't really understand how it happened but dragon ball was like the one gaping hole in my both adolescence i guess and nerddom Cause as a kid, I feel like it was really big, but I just never got into it.
1: It was all about that after-school tsunami action.
2: Yeah, and I just watched Pokemon again.
0: I don't know what I was doing, because if if, if you were gonna
1: ask,
2: you were like, into what's... none of the none <laughs> right. of the major yeah. cartoons.
0: If you were gonna ask, like what what was my biggest gaping hole in like nerddom when I was younger, it's for sure Pokemon. Everyone who's listening to the podcast for more than five minutes knows that I don't know anything about Pokemon. I don't know anything about Dragon Ball Z. I I want to say I think I know what I was doing, and this is gonna sound like a hoity-toity snooty answer. I'm pretty sure I was reading. Like, I'm pretty sure I was off in the corner. My brothers were either watching Pokemon or playing it with like, playing the card game or the video game. And I was probably like reading, I don't know, Magic Treehouse to start and then something else after that. And eventually I just kept reading forever. And then also, in terms of after school television, I was watching like Boy Meets World, Sister Sister. That's fair. Stuff like that. Just the Toonami the thing. I mean I was never even a Saturday morning cartoon person. When I woke up on Saturday morning, I went to play video games. That was what I did on Saturday morning.
1: Yeah, you don't really have an excuse, but I mean to Nerd I Bombers do. point, in the entire series of the show, there was only one single badass female character. And that is why I'm I'm really really hoping that they do this. Right. Because and it seems like, they need to they need to diversify their portfolio. All she well, all she has right now is Android 18.
0: To to gain Think about how many fans you could gain with a strong female. I mean, it's the same thing that Star Wars tried to do. And right?
1: Bulma doesn't count, nor does Chi Chi, because they're just kind of support characters. I don't, so, Chi Chi. <laughs> I'm just saying, people in the comments do not tell me they count because they're not like main fighters.
0: You That's could be all. making these names up at this point, for all I know. I would assume you wouldn't do that though, because this is a podcast. We have we have listeners. But yeah, I would I would think a strong female character would would you know pay Put dividends. Put asses
1: in the seats.
0: Yeah, not not just in a financial sense, but just it it's also just the right thing to do but i will be curious to see even as an outsider in the dragon ball universe you know it is the kind of thing where on paper it should be more of a mainstream especially in terms of nerd culture kind of thing i I know it has its following but you know in terms of buses that i didn't get on pokemon is the is the double decker and and dragon ball is the the yellow school bus uh so, so to speak so uh we will see but if you have any questions about Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> direct them to Technic. Because if, if it hasn't been made clear, I ain't going to know anything. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to forward you, which I'm happy to do.
2: Hey, up until like nine years ago or whenever, I thought that the black haired guy and the yellow haired guy were two separate characters. And it turns out they are they're not. not.
1: You guys make me sad.
0: Are they both?
2: V- they are both Goku.
1: They're both Goku.
2: One. In one form, yellow hair form, and then I also realized I was pronouncing this wrong. He goes super cyan, which is really cyan, not cyan. Basically, I was just like grating on Tectic's nerves every time I would ask him questions about the show.
0: Can, well, I can hear his, the blood pumping through his veins from <laughs> over here in the other far reaches of cyberspace. I can tell he's getting angry, so we should move on. Don't upset Tectic, guys. You can hear the blood coursing through his veins yeah we're gonna move on from dragon ball z we're gonna take a short break now to shout out one of our sponsors and we'll get back to talk about venom Two. but before we do that of course patreon producers our loyal knights take a bow you know i've been watching game of thrones i'll, I'll get to that in, in the uh in the update uh later on in the show uh whenever i see the knights i think of ours our gallant bold heroes with their suits of armor and their dragons on the chest plate or lions or whatever you want maybe it's a video game controller for, for our purposes who's to say ben checkness Stephen keller take a bow uh, our, our hearts go out to you on this night we thank you for continuing to support us giving back to the show keeping the lights on here it is because of you that we're able to continue doing this so ben and steven are night level supporters on our patreon if it hadn't been made clear of me talking about nights for five seconds they support us at the night level and as a result they get this producer shout out they get input into our weekly game segment which later on i think tactic is hosting i don't even know what it is this week very excited about that they also get access of course to the monthly secret segments and vlogs they are knights they're the coolest you want to be a knight if you can't be a knight you can be a squire which i think squires. if we never talked about this on the show i think squires are like the people who bring stuff to knights like they're like the knights like fetch my sword and the squire does knights it. in training right knights in training you wouldn't have to fetch ben or steven anything but uh you would get access to the monthly secret segments and vlogs you can also be a page which i don't know what the pages do either but they get access to the monthly secret segment so for more of the details on any of those support tiers and to get back to the show uh we would super appreciate it you can go over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast grab more of the details over there thanks to ben and steven we'll take a short break now to shout out a sponsor and we'll be right back to talk about venom 2 Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever, and I experienced a tragedy uh, over the weekend. My, I picked up my glasses to put them on, and they just, they just broke just without i didn't bend them didn't no, nothing just they're old they broke but the way i see it and and uh perhaps uh thanks to all these constant reminders from baxter blue i feel like this is an opportunity for me to reduce my own exposure to blue light by potentially getting blue light filtering glasses like baxter blues and reaching out to baxter blue to see if we can get that done. Uh, Our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you have been waiting for. And apparently the sign I have been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters and we know that you will feel the difference. Okay, Venom 2. This is of course a big one. We've all seen Venom 1. I guess I mean, it was just called Venom. We can sort of dive right into this. It seems like the, the centerpiece of this trailer... Uh, which I guess pause the podcast and go watch it if you haven't yet because we're going to be kind of diving into it. Uh, Woody Harrelson. I mean, come on. Who doesn't love Woody Harrelson? I guess that's a serious question. Do you guys like Woody Harrelson? I'm a big fan person. Woody
2: Harrelson is the best. You know, I was randomly scrolling on Twitter the other day and I actually saw that he like randomly decided to help someone in New York City move out of their apartment, which
0: I saw this. Yeah.
2: Like he just seems like a genuinely nice guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, obviously you don't know celebrities. In person like you don't actually know celebrities but from all of the things that like you see all of his media junkets and stuff like that he just seems like a really chill dude i would love to hang
0: counterpoint (laughs) uh i think woody harrelson seems like a great dude i think i would like to hang out with him he seems like a cool guy in terms of media interaction he is known for having i think it's him for having one of the worst reddit amas ever for the movie i think it was rampart he was in and he was like Doing an AMA about it, and it got off the rails and got really bad. I guess I don't know the details. Go check it out on your own time. But um I'm a fan of his, regardless. He he's doing, he's doing a lot of monologuing here. He's doing a lot of acting in this trailer. I don't know a whole lot about Carnage as a character. Cletus Cassidy, I think, is his name.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: It appears he is put to death, but when the dying juice goes into his veins. It instead turns him into Venom or something like Venom. I'm going to want to hear more about that without a doubt. But before we get to those sorts of details, I also just want to talk about, and this might be like a, a thematic choice, a cinematic choice to really drive home how hard it is to be Venom. But it is my opinion that Tom Hardy
1: looks awful. <laughs> Did anyone else feel this way? He looks, I, I, he looks worn. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's intentional.
0: It's probably intentional. That my thought was like, okay, he looks bad, but they probably he's probably supposed have to look to, bad because y- he's you know. You have to understand
1: what venom is, right? It's it's two people in one mind, and right. no different than than really Deadpool, where that drives a person to psychosis trying to juggle two different personalities. I think the disheveled look was intentional to fit that mold.
0: Right. At minimum, it's exhausting, right? To be constantly, I mean. One of the first things we see in the trailer is he's making breakfast. Venom is, quote unquote, helping him make breakfast. Uh, it does not go well, to say the least. So, needless to say, he looks he looks rough. But he's, you know, he's going to the convenience store, talking to the cashier there. Venom apparently is talking back now. I don't remember what kind of resolution we got to that whole kind of mini well, plot line. So, I
1: believe what we're hearing, by the way, when he's talking back is... We're inner ex- thoughts yeah we're exclusively hearing the inner thoughts and it's not this outward projection of of vocals
0: right because you would think the cashier would be like hey what the heck you know so there's there, there's there's definitely some comedy going on uh, but i, I want to talk about carnage now tactic I, I i know i've you've been you've been my guy this whole episode i've been coming to you with questions what's the deal is this another venom is has he been injected with the stuff.
1: I don't think the death juice was the symbiote. I think he already had it in them, and what they showed was rather uh, the symbiote plugging the, the feed.
0: Oh, right, right, right. It's red versus green, I think. I think
1: and, and I think so, and and a and little bit of backstory about the Cletius Cassidy character. He's a sicko. He's a serial killer, loves murdering people. It's his thing. So in the fashion of showmanship... When are you going to reveal yourself? You're going to do it when all these people are ready to watch you die, right?
0: Right. Kinda
1: because gets, you're a sicko. Gotcha. And so right. that's that's why I think we saw what we saw. As far as the parallels between him and and, and Tom Hardy's Venom or Eddie Brock, uh, Eddie Brock, in my opinion, is really a, a good guy struggling with the... With dual personality disorder and and as he you can even see it in the venom comic books as he progresses to gain control he really becomes this sort of anti-hero especially in the agent venom comics which by the way if you haven't read those i recommend it he's basically a full-on superhero rocking with the guardians of the galaxy it's a good time and honestly I, i hope we get a live action of that side note but that's the biggest parallel. So one is going to be constantly towing this line to work with one another, Venom, and then whereas Carnage is just going to fully embrace the destruction and elevate the the psychosis that he already has as a baseline.
0: Right. So it's juxtaposition and you're saying that because Cletus Cassie is already bad, the symbiote goes in and just aggravates that quality. Yeah. Now it's it's funny because that sounds familiar. In this, I'm I'm gonna go back. I know that's not what this is about, but Spider-Man Three.
2: I knew you were gonna go there. Eddie
0: Brock. Eddie Brock was that guy in Spider-Man Three, right? He was the guy who was kind of a dick, and the symbiote. And they even have, there's even dialogue in the movie that's like it. It takes your certain qualities about you and just just you know, exaggerates them. And Eddie Brock was a dick, so he got symbioted and turned him into was a dick. A big dick. He was a big dick, and then you know, Peter Parker. It turned him into like kind of a dick. For a little while, but that's the uh, thing. That's
1: why I didn't like that whole symbiote thing. It was like I'm a symbiote, and I only elevate dicks. Like the dick part. That well, please edit that out. It's
0: nope, it, nope. That's, that's staying. <laughs> staying in. I don't know, that, but that's a good question. Has there ever been someone who's been symbioted, who has, it's it's exaggerated the good parts. You know, I don't know what sort of life this symbiote has had. In so the it, it doesn't universe.
1: exaggerate the good parts per se but rather it it wants to take control of its host right and right it's a parasite if it has bad parts it's going to leverage that to bring out what it wants i see i'm not i don't want to say that it only elevates just the bad but there there's sort of a working relationship there that that has to be done to do it right is it that, is
0: a sort of thing like a survival of the fittest because they don't want the host to die and is it like this Machiavellian? like, if they're if they a dick, so, they're more likely to survive?
1: In the, I, I love the Venom side of it, because it became a full-on symbiotic relationship with them, because uh, Eddie Brock was, I believe it was Eddie Brock, can't remember if it was Eddie Brock or Flash Thompson, but he was, like, paralyzed, and so Venom loved being with, with him, because they, like, they got along, and it gave one another purpose, whereas he got the ability to walk and be mobile and and have the use of his limbs again. And so it it became this partnership whereas, you know, things like Carnage it's just this destroy and spread MO, which again is 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 more of the parasitic nature as opposed to the symbiotic nature.
0: Amazing name for a character, by the way.
2: So, I believe right and I, I maybe when I researched it, maybe I read it wrong. But I believe that the symbiote between Venom and Carnage... Like, there's a link there. I don't know if they're part of the same symbiote or what. But I believe that there's some kind of, like, mental link there between the two characters. Because there's a there's a certain reason why then Carnage kind of wants to come into contact with Venom. Because it, I believe right. at the end of the first movie, that's when we're first introduced to Carnage. And he seems yep. like he already... Wants and has some kind of connection with Venom, but like I I don't really see Eddie Brock knowing a serial killer. You know what I mean? So, well,
0: you might have covered him, like because he's Eddie Brock is a photographer, reporter. Which one is he?
2: I thought he was a reporter.
0: He might be a reporter, whichever one. Yeah, he may he may be covering him. I I mean, in the trailer, I believe it looks like they meet each other in prison. Like Eddie Brock goes to prison, is like, "Hey, dude," and Carnage is like, "Yeah, man," and they, they have a chat. I don't know. I'll let I'll, I'll tactic answer more to that, I guess.
2: But yeah, Technic, as, as the comic book guy, do they have some sort of like mental link because they have it, similar symbiotes? It seems
1: like they're telepathically communicating over vast distances. Like a Harry um, Potter Voldemort situation. And that I guess would kind of make sense with the, the kingdom of the Symbiotes can kind of communicate with all of them all over and and control everything so hive mind yeah so so the linkage doesn't seem far-fetched to me and i i think that's what we're going to see i think it's it's almost going to be this pull force where they're being drawn to one another and and if you go back to the old animated series on your saturday morning cartoons they all hung out in a sewer together they were like besties uh, venom Uh and carnage
2: kind of like the teenage mutant ninja turtles except instead of turtles they were symbiotes
1: and they wanted to take down spider-man
2: carnage
0: well we only saw carnage once in the trailer we saw a lot of Clea's cassie not a whole lot of carnage is it just me or does he look like was it the lighting he looked like chewed bubble gum
1: like i i think no, the color that's, that's, is so carnage is lanky and 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 likes to sort of it carnage color picture picturesque image in the comic books is this almost umbrella like form where where it spreads out to look big whereas Venom is more short and stocky, uh, of a build and and doesn't doesn't mess around with that shenanigans. But what color are they? One's mm-hmm. red. One's like bluish black.
2: Yeah. Carnage okay. Is so red. Carnage is
0: red. It might have been the lighting. I was like, he look, he looking like chewed bubblegum. Red makes more sense <laughs> certainly than that. It's a more menacing color in general. I'm excited for this. I mean, a question that I'm sure is on everybody's minds. I doubt it, the answer will be yes. But do we see Spider Man? No. C- can we do? Th- I'm trying to think contractually even can yeah,
2: I but. almost think it's better to not like the more you tie into the MCU, like this is very clearly meant to exist outside of the MCU, and I feel like just leave it be. Explore this super interesting right. character and maybe down the line you connect them. But I would prefer you just didn't.
0: I don't disagree. Uh, I just I figured it was a question that that needed to be asked. A lot of people will be asking it, but yeah, I don't disagree. I don't think I can't imagine Tom Holland functionally interacting with these characters if that makes any sense i think it would just be a little bit bizarre i think he's much more at home in the mcu than he is here Would
2: you here. say he's far from home
0: he i would say he's homecoming. what's the next one called didn't they announce what the next one's going to be called
1: no way home it was no way home
0: no way home that's right and there's no way that tom holland will be here in our in our opinion but we want to know what you thought of the venom 2 trailer hey tom hardy how about that guy woody harrelson how about that guy let us know what your thoughts were. We, we mentioned the handles on the Twitter. There's a lot to be discussed there. It's what are you up to time. It's time to learn what we've all been up to. Uh, I know I went first last week, so I'm going to defer. And uh, look, ladies first. Chivalry's not dead. It's, it's alive and well, here at least. Uh, Nerd Bomber, what do you have for us this week?
2: All right, so I'll start. I kind of have like two things. But the first one is we watched Promising Young Woman. And this is a movie Ooh. that I don't know. Did you see it?
0: No, I've heard. I've actually heard mixed things about it. Uh, obviously, it won Best Original Screenplay, I believe. Yeah, it had um, like
2: five Oscar noms, I think.
0: It seems like it should be let me put it this way. It probably should be required viewing, but I don't think it would be fun. Is that a fair assessment of it? I, it's not a movie I'm, exci- I'm excited to watch, but I feel like I, I should. think
1: you should be because hear me out. Up until probably the last fifteen minutes of it, I got hardcore Batman vibes.
2: It was. I
1: was like, "This is a superhero movie." In terms of like vigilante
0: justice, kind of
2: situation. And it, uh, so it's. I would classify this movie (laughs) as a dark comedy. Like at its core, there's a lot of wry humor. Like it's addressing a really serious and terrible subject, but doing it in a way that is darkly funny, and it's basically shining a light on this issue. But doing so in a way that keeps you engaged through the entire movie without totally feeling like you're down on yourself the entire time. And so for those of you who don't know, I know I feel like the movie kind of flew under the radar a little bit because it it premiered, I think, I don't know, did it go straight to streaming? But like movie theaters were still kind of closed at the time. and I
0: was going to say, every movie these days has kind of flown under the radar in some sense.
2: So. The general gist of this movie is that Carrie Mulligan plays a character who has dropped out of med school and she basically spends her life going to bars, acting super intoxicated, getting guys to like pick her up and take her home and then make a move on her, even though she's wasted and she can't give consent, and then pops up and is completely sober to make them regret their decision, basically. And I mean, it's got an all star cast. It's got Allison Bree, Adam Brody, the guy who plays McLovin, who I can't remember his name. First
0: of Mint And yeah. you know what? I'm all about he that. You will always
2: I'm, just be McLovin. I'm sorry.
0: I'm all about that guy being at worst or at best embarrassed and at worst more seriously chastised for his behavior. Uh, so. But he, yeah.
2: there's also like Max Greenfield was in it, Bo Burnham was in it. Like a pretty all-star cast the announcer guy whose name i also can't remember from glow and and yeah, these was, guys are
0: all they're all dicks Cor- correct correct uh, is, is it spoilers to- it, okay.
2: i don't want to give any spoilers because i feel like one of the better ways to go into this movie is Let's to just say the
1: venom symbiote would have had a field day what on earth
2: i feel like (laughs) if the only thing you know about this movie is the trailer that is probably the best way to go into watching it and so i don't want to kill these
0: guys what does she do i don't
2: want to tell you that information the i don't want to give spoilers i will say there were lots of like i would say twisty turny surprises i don't know if i totally Guessed where the movie was going. Like, I guessed some parts of it, but the overarching, I guess, conclusion of the movie, I did not see coming whatsoever. There was, I mean, the acting I think was amazing. I think Carrie Mulligan probably gave her best performance that I've ever seen. She's done a lot of like period pieces, and this is her first modern day story, I think, that I've seen her in. And I will say she had a great. Performance here. She managed to pull up deadpan, dark humor, and seriousness on like beats of each other. I just it was a it was not a great fun subject matter. Like you will leave this movie feeling like you need to take a hard look at society and what is acceptable in society at the moment and even just what we see in our media Like we came off the heels of watching How I Met Your Mother and there's a lot of stuff after watching this movie. I was looking back and I was like wow Barney Stinson did a lot of really questionable stuff if you look at it in the light of this movie and in a lot of media you just kind of gloss over it because you just don't think about it. And I think this is something that I know it also got mixed reviews I, before we watched it. I kind of been hemming and hawing whether we, I wanted to rent it because it's not free. There, It's not streaming free anywhere. You have to rent it at the moment. So it's like, at, I think like a month ago or two months ago, it was $20 and it finally dropped down to five ninety nine. And I was like, you know what? Heard a mixed bag, but mostly good things. Time to watch this. And Tactic, I, I don't know if I can speak for you here, but I think we both... Really enjoyed it. I think it really yeah, I'm a
1: good guy. It didn't make me feel bad about myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very true. Um and it was just something that after the movie, like it made us have a conversation about life and society. So it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But as you said, I think it's an important movie and also a really good performance by everybody.
0: Right. Yeah, like I said, I I'm no, I know I'm going to watch it because I to me it's almost required viewing, but I have put it off a little bit in the sense of like, man, that just seems a little heavy. So good to know that it's, that it's good.
2: And my other short little kind of what I did thing was I started watching. I've been watching different stuff because I've just had, I've been biking lately and I need to watch stuff while I'm biking. Mm. Um, But I had read the book, normal people by Sally Rooney. I can't remember if I talked about it. I think I might've, but it is a Hulu TV show. It also got pretty critically acclaimed so I decided to start watching it and I will say it's a really faithful adaptation to the book and I'm really enjoying it and I think the actors I mean this these are all like Irish actors and European actors and I think that there's definitely like some some star talent here that has been uncovered and I think it's a it's a really good watch. If you have read the book, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Sometimes you watch a television show or movie adaptation of a book and you're kind of disappointed. But I think this was really well done and faithfully adapted. And even if you haven't read the book, um, it's basically following the relationship of these two people who meet in high school and kind of like bounce off each other. And they like come together and then break apart and come together, break apart all throughout their early adulthood and how aren't that impacts <laughs> that's the ironic part because they're not really normal that that's the, that's the point but i mean in a way they are because we're all kind of not normal so right yeah but aren't, it, it we, all, aren't, aren't
0: we all really normal not normal people
2: exactly it, it's not an upper show though in any way <laughs> like it's definitely kind of a downer it's very kind of super serious there's super serious topics that they touch on so it's not like a uplifting show, but it's definitely something really good. So that is my update.
0: T dog, can I call you a T
1: dog? Yes. T dog, you're up.
2: You didn't seem sure of that.
1: Thought about it for a long time. <laughs> so my update out that I'm most excited to talk about is I finally watched for the first time. I love you, man.
0: Oh man, that movie is so. Oh man, see that's like that's just warm fuzzies for me all over.
1: I couldn't relate more to a movie in my entire life. I literally had a point in my life where I w- made a, a, a Bumble account to make guy friends. Yeah. Because I do not know how to make guy friends. And the, the funny thing about it is in that movie, he's like totally no problem relating with the females in the office. Not a big deal. Laughing, chumming it up. That's exactly how I am in the office. I don't get it. I don't know how to make guy friends my
0: it's it's hard yeah I mean, we, we could have a whole episode about that no
1: disrespect cool. to illegal but my wedding party is 100 percent a hodgepodge group of guys it's i'm in it guys i'm in the yeah i'm in the wedding party <laughs> is um, he
2: the hodge or is he the podge
1: he's the hodge oh. and the podge
0: oh yeah i was gonna say Ooh. i'm the whole i'm the whole package baby uh paul rudd is absolute is that his finest in my opinion in this movie it is peak paul rudd
1: Slap well, to bass, the whole thing. Fa- what's fantastic about it, even that that exact scene is I looked over at Nerd Bomber and I was I was watching and I was like, you know, I don't think I would want to be be a fly on the wall for my daily antics because <laughs> it is uncomfortable <laughs> to watch at times. <laughs> and I do that kind of slap to bass stuff on my own, Big and time. this is before even seeing this. <laughs> I'm I sing regularly whatever i am doing you know you do remind me a little bit of that character the more
0: as i go through it the more i think about it
1: you're, you're in there man you're in there a little bit it's crazy how hard i related to that character in this movie and just wow honestly just wow
0: but i mean you got paul rudd jason siegel andy sandberg uh joe latrullio you got jk simmons there's so many good people in that movie it's insane it just hit the nail on the head. I'm so glad you watched it. I'm so happy for you, man.
1: So glad I watched it too. It was great.
2: The crazy thing so, like, oh man, I watch this with my high school friends all the time. It was like one of our most quotable movies, and he had never seen it. You know how Facebook gives you like memories and whatever it gives you like memories. what you did like nine years ago to the day or whatever. Makes me feel and fine. So we watched it over the weekend and then literally the next morning I get the notification like it was literally a quote from My Love You Man with one of my high school friends tagged and I was just like oh what was, wow what was
0: what was the quote? What's your favorite quote from that movie?
2: I mean, there's so many i don't remember what the quote was i think because the- it devolved in the comments and it was just like a back and forth of a bunch of quotes so i don't remember exactly which ones but it was like slap into bass oh i do remember it was every why does everything i do make me sound like a leprechaun
0: <laughs> i i like uh when he's talking to that guy at the office and he's like what's your what's your urinal cake situation and he's like what about urinal cakes and that whole conversation is just so good
2: jobin totes goats. there's so many things that come out of that movie that's just amazing
0: i said i called you jobin it means nothing <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't i wish i really wish you guys could be a fly on the wall to my daily trying to make friends antics
2: i mean i kind of am
1: and well, a lot of never... times a lot of times Nurbon would be like why did you say that
0: yeah but you've never called me jobin that's next level. We've, You're we've not never, there yet.
1: We've, we've never been on a nickname thing. And you also never called me Pistol, so...
0: Well, I mean, look. It's going to blow the minds of the, of the listeners. Tactic is not your real name. And Lady Six is not my real name. So I, we kind of are on a nickname basis. And when we were, when we were spitballing nicknames, I'm sure you didn't say Jobin. Um, Pretty I sure I you said Jobin. Though. It's possible. Honestly, the more I think about it, it's something you would do. In any case, I'm very glad that you watched this movie. It's a fantastic movie. That, like, Paul Rudd, it, right around that time, he also made Role Models, which is also a really good Paul Rudd movie. If you haven't seen that movie, check that one out next, I would say. But I Love You, manage. I think his number one, that's that's my number one Paul Rudd movie.
1: So, And then the other thing that I did this weekend was we caught up on season two of Mythic Quest, if you don't know what Mythic Quest is, it is a fantastic show about a game developing studio that makes sort of like an an MMORPG type game, and it's starring. Help me out, Nerd Bomber.
0: Rob McElhenney. Yeah.
1: Uh, and
0: I don't. I don't know the
1: others. I just know he's in it. And
2: there's Ashley Birch, Charlotte Nickdow. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. David Hornsby is in it. Danny Pooty is in it. Hey
1: Pooty, I love Danny Pooty. Danny lots of, was great. I didn't know Danny Pudi really was in it.
2: People. Yeah. yeah.
1: He rules. So, yeah, great show. We're caught up on season 2 and we're going to well, keep watching totally. it. Well, not
2: totally. There's two episodes that released.
1: We're going to finish my sentence, please. We're going to keep watching it as the episodes release. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It, uh, it's cool. one of those
2: shows. It's kind of like if you made i won't call it the office or parks and rec because it's a different style of show but it's basically like that workplace style comedy but centered around a game studio and i will say somehow in season two the characters got more well-rounded and fleshed out it felt like and i know there's only two episodes so that could totally blow up in my face but it's just it's a really fun kind of light-hearted watch and the characters play off of each other super well and if you have Apple TV Plus, definitely watch this.
0: Well, work and workplace comedies are tough because The Office and Parks and Rec. You name you name two shows that season one is like not that good. It takes them some time to get their get their juices flowing, get the wheel spinning. So uh, good to know about season two. For me, my update's short. I just want to say I've made a grave mistake, critical error. As I mentioned last week, I am reading Game of Thrones. I've made a couple of grave errors actually. I'm about halfway through the first book. It's fabulous. Uh, it just get, it's, just, it's just getting better, honestly. It's just getting better as I go. But I think it was Sunday afternoon or Saturday. I don't remember which day it was. I was with my fiance and I said, you know what? I've read enough. I'm going to start episode one of the show. Oh boy. It was really stupid. You know why? Because now, because I can't, I want to read it first. So I'm I'm hemmed in where I can't watch as much as I want. I can't binge it because I want to read out to like, I want to at least finish the first book so I can finish all of season one, you know, kind of do it that way. Uh, that's I mean, that's kind of one of the mistakes. But I also, we watched episode four of season one tonight. And I was right on the borderline of, like, I don't know if I'm if I'm far enough yet. And there were a couple of things. The timelines get kind of off, right? Because there's people over in, you know, Vestothraker and all the Dothraki people and everything. That's one kind of side of things. And there's people in King's Landing. Then there's people that are, like, in the north. And I had read up to and passed where the show is for two of those timelines, but the Daenerys timeline is actually kind of like getting ahead of the other timelines in the show. So I got spoiled a little bit, but look, it's really good. I get it. I totally get it. Um, I will say it's a little frustrating, especially, you know, you read a chapter of the book and then you watch the show and you're like, why did they change this thing? They've overall been very faithful, which I appreciate, but they've taken who is so far my favorite character and done things to him that i do not like
2: i'm curious who's your favorite character
0: um well i want to i'll tell you who it is but i want to take it with a grain of salt because I, i'm
2: it could I'm change sh- i mean all of these books they all focus on different characters too like they well, change they, the yeah it's that one brother i bet
1: I but they the twist
0: they, they twist and turn and you know i'm sure i'm sure the guy that i'm a fan of if, he's not actually a good guy let me put it that way uh, so I, I, yeah any guesses who my favorite character is
1: yeah, it's the one brother that is a good guy. That uh,
2: Jamie or Tyrion, definitely one of those. I'm assuming.
1: No, no, it's one of the Starks, one of the Stark sons.
0: Tyrion Lannister is in the books far and away my favorite character so far.
2: I feel like that is one. He is the most
0: shrewd character. He always knows what's going on. That uh, won't
2: uh, change. I don't think and that's not a spoiler but i think that character in particular is so well written and then in the show well acted that i don't yeah. think that will change for you
0: peter Dinklage is great but like the thing and i just want a soapbox on one on one point because i could get lost in comparing the, the book and the show but in the book he's this guy who he reads a lot and he drinks a lot and he knows that his mind is always good for it because he's he's a dwarf so he can't fight And that's his whole shtick. And he's, like I said, he's very shrewd. He know he can read people. He knows people. That's his whole thing. And in the, in the show, he has that. But then I think in an effort by HBO to like get more boobs in the show, they're like, all right, he's also going to be an absolute sex hound. And there's shades of that in the book, but they've taken that character like trait and exaggerated it wildly in the show and tried to make me not like him if that makes sense um i still like him but they're they're trying to make him this one dimensional like i like boobs and i'm like no that's not what the book in the book he's like this very like he drinks a lot yes but he's like very methodical and like it bothers me but yeah he's my favorite character Jon snow also really good i don't know that's that's the update right now i know certain things that are going to happen but i'm having a good i'm having a good, good time it's a fun ride so no complaints
2: I'm glad you've come around, because last week people were a little skeptical that you didn't like the writing.
0: Well, the writing, I think when I I really noticed the writing was in the prologue, I'm like, this isn't that good. I think once you get lost in the nests of characters, the actual words become less important. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I mean, good writing is almost inobtrusive in a way. It lets the story be told without really you noticing that it's there.
0: It's. Well, I think when you have such a breadth of characters and such a depth of character, they don't need to. No, no one character needs to say much or do much, but if they work in concert in the right way, then it's good. And I, I, I think that's what he has done. He's built this world. He's built this this wide array of characters, all of whom have some depth. And at that point, how flowery the prose is becomes a lot less important. So. Yeah, yeah, I, you, you got me, Twitter folk. You, you held me to the fire, and rightfully so. It's quiz time. I quiz think time. this is this is the Battle of Champions.
1: Battle of yes, Champions, and is. I am hosting. But it doesn't mean it's over. This is just you guys have the highest scores.
0: We so are quiz... currently at at six and two, both Nerd Bomber and I. Tactic at four and four. Just to give a brief update. But yeah, go ahead. Just just coasting.
1: Uh, the quiz topic is lumberjack trivia.
0: A topic fit for kings and queens.
1: So. I'll get right into it. Being a lumberjack is very dangerous. How many mm. fatal accidents occur on average per year? Fatal accidents. Who's first? I'll give it to the person who's up higher right now and score. What?
0: And then there was
1: a joke. I'll, I'll go, go first. Illegal. I'll, you go. I'll,
0: first. Yeah, I'll, I'll volunteer. We should get a laugh track in here because that was a very uncomfortable silence. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's close enough. That's also that's pretty good too so it's in the hundreds I- i'm gonna say 112 which i think is a conservative answer but i'm gonna say 112
2: so i feel like this has to be more because i feel like we're thinking that lumberjacking isn't this big industry but if you think about it anybody who cuts down trees i think is considered a lumberjack and i feel like there are lots of areas of the world where people are lumberjacking and we you just only don't need wood. Right? so i'm gonna say 1500 a year wow Think about falling from trees, trees falling on
1: you. OSHA would be disappointed in you. Illegal was much closer with 132.7 per year.
0: Wow, 0.7 people? There's. It's an act. At some point, 0.7 of you dies if, if you've lumberjack. Wow, I'm very proud of myself. 1,500, I mean, geez, no one would do it. It is like the most dangerous job statistically besides like being the president, I think.
1: But still. So with that being said of how dangerous it is. Lumberjacks are often referred to as loggers in the U.S. What is the average salary of a logger per year?
2: Mm,
0: Sixty-five thousand. Way too
1: high. It's I'm gonna a say Dangerous
2: one, job, still.
0: I'm gonna say one dollar because I, I I know you're too high. That's the only thing that matters.
1: Yeah, no one wants to pay them, even though it's super dangerous. It's thirty-five to forty-nine thousand dollars a year. Very large
0: range.
2: Dear lumberjackers. <laughs> I would pay you more.
0: Get
1: out while you can. <laughs>
0: I would pay you. Come, come work for the Nerd Bomber Logging Company. Uh,
2: if I had trees to cut down, I would pay you more.
0: Right. There you go.
1: All right. I, hey, I'm, this is going great. So Paul Bunyan was a yeah. famous fictional lumberjack. Yeah, he was. When was the first known reference created? So like in a newspaper type dealie.
0: Uh, Boy. This is, this is a 1600 situation. This is... six. Am I first? Well, I guess I am now. I think you are, yeah. Because you went first uh, in the first one. 1620.
2: I feel like this was after people were in America.
0: People were in America in
2: 1620. <laughs> like America was America. I'm going to say 1750.
0: You know, America became America in 1776. i <laughs> just, just throwing
2: it yeah, out Yeah, but I, I, w- I was like thinking about colonization...
1: Which I think happened in, in like six So Paul Bunyan is very much an American story, and the first created newspaper with Paul Bunyan in it was March seventeenth, nineteen
2: eighty three. What? No way. That's get, incorrect. Out, get, out
1: of, get out of town.
2: That is patently incorrect. Okay.
1: Well, no gets the okay point. You we're, guys we're, can Google it yourselves, but we're, we're both stupid.
0: When they talk about Paul Bunyan, they were like I, th- I thought that was like a cave painting
1: situation. No, it was It was all, before that, it was all just like tall tales. Nothing was ever in newspaper. That was the difference. Why
2: newspaper specifically, may I'll, I ask? I'm something? saying it's like a documented
1: point. story. Okay. Y'all, y'all need to calm down. Okay, okay.
0: okay. I'll see the point, but we'll continue.
1: As of 2019, according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, how many lumberjacks are there in the U.S.?
2: I think there are hmm, I feel like I could math this off of one of the first questions, but I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna say there's like twenty thousand
0: that seems too high a hundred a hundred people dead a year when there's twenty thousand working that's what point five percent that's way too low uh i'm I'm gonna say five thousand
1: so they have their safety stuff in check. It's 56900 Wow. And so we're all tied up with one question to go.
2: Here we go. I'm going to be the lumberjill.
0: If I lose because of this Paul Bunyan question, I'm, I'm just going to be a salty wench. But let's do, let's do it.
1: So in the advent of technology, lumberjacking is actually going to the wayside and simple machines are, are cutting down trees faster and faster and faster. How many trees were cut down last year?
0: Uh, should we do a text in for this? Or do you not want to do that? Should I, should I, I'm happy to just go. I don't know what the policy is here. This is the grand champion tournament. Let's
1: do a text.
0: How many trees were cut down last year in the world or in America? Or can you not tell me? I don't
2: know. He's making a grimace. <laughs> this is a poorly won championship round.
0: Yeah, that's a...
1: a How many can, trees were cut down last year? It's an important I question. believe it is a, in the world.
0: In the world, oh boy,
2: okay.
1: My answer is away. This is tense, guys. Yeah, this is the world's trees. Do you guys want to change your answers or no? I didn't look at them yet.
2: No, I'm not I'm gonna good. change my answer. I'm I'm
1: fine. So illegal takes it. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Darn it. He had 14 million. Nerd Bomber had 3.5 million. The answer was 3.04 trillion trees.
2: What? <laughs> what? Yeah, this is why
1: global warming's a thing, folks. This is Tri- why. Tril-
0: so we both said billion. We were off by two orders of magnitude. That's sickening. I don't even like... I mean, I, I'm glad that I won, but I don't, that upsets me.
1: I wanted to use my platform to make people aware.
0: The poor one out for a lumberjack today. That's my main takeaway. Uh, my other main takeaway, I'm seven and two, baby. Top of the world.
2: This quiz was bunk.
0: The eagle flies high hey you got the paul Bunyan question right i still think that question was garbage the last question also might have been garbage but if you take those two questions out i still got two right and you got one right so no asterisks here a good a good clean win for illegal 86 so my supporters rejoice that brings us to the end of this episode we want to thank you all for sticking around listening laughing with us hopefully you laughed hopefully you learned something at the very least about how many trees there are in the world because good lord feel free to head over to apple podcast leave us a review uh we would love to see any and all feedback there you we already mentioned our twitters i said them wrong one time i'll say them again correctly just in case at ow 86 at ow nerd at ow tactic and our main show account at online warriors one feel free to reach out to us there thank you so much for being here tell your gardener tell your I don't know. Gardner is kind of like a snooty rich person thing to have.
2: Tell your local lemonade vendor. Wow.
0: (laughs) Guys, we're digging deep. But summer is coming. The lemonade season is about to get very busy. They're going to need something to take their minds off of the crush of capitalism. So Online Warriors Podcast. You know how to find us. You can tell them. Thanks to you for being here. We'll see you next
2: week. In the not too distant future following the rapid succession of World Wars 3 and 4, plus the hidden horrors of Secret World War 2. There is not much left. All that remains is a place where folks get together to read and discuss comic books. Sometimes they laugh, sometimes they argue, but they always record and upload their transmissions. You've found one of those transmissions today. Welcome to The Last Comic Shop. Rate, review and subscribe to our weekly comic book reviews on all the major podcasting platforms at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com